Welcome to Adults Do Disney. I'm Lawrence. And I'm Lindsay. And we are two Disney nerds talking about doing the Disney parks without children. What are we doing this week, Lawrence? Hot news! In the headlines this week, photos have emerged of the new Grand Avenue area in Hollywood Studios. A rare visit to Disneyland Paris by Disney CEO Bob Iger. You can now have a Disney wedding in the City of Love. We love Hong Kong. Keep listening to find out why. We had a Disney dinner party and it went surprisingly well. But first, an eyewitness experience of Walt Disney World during Hurricane Irma, courtesy of friend of the podcast, Josh Morris. So it turns out this isn't the first time Josh was in Disney World during a hurricane. We were there for Hurricane Charlie. We were actually like in the eye of the hurricane, but Irma just seemed a lot more intense. A lot more people were worried, obviously, because of the effects of what happened in the Caribbean. Then we asked him what hotel he was staying in when the hurricane hit. Yeah, I was in the one that you shit on, but I actually really like the all-star, <laughs> the all-star ones. The all-star one. Disney just dealt with it with such calm. Like they didn't seem like they was worried at all. They sent letters to everyone. They had a TV channel dedicated to giving you hourly updates of what parks are um, going to be in reduced hours on the Saturday. What parks are going to be closed? What parks are going to be open on the Tuesday? Any special arrangements that they can do? Um, they even like sort of did extra extra magic hours on all parks on the tuesday so what was it like in the days before the hurricane hit so during the week we noticed a lot of the parks were getting a lot quieter uh flights cancelled the locals probably weren't gonna go because they can go anytime so you sort of like curfew to the hotels on the sunday and monday because it was supposed to hit sunday morning ended up hitting like sunday very late at night so the pool was still open like it was absolutely pissing it down raining constantly but you kind of get that in Orlando anyway and it was still warm all the food services were still open but they sort of had a reduced menu but um yeah fair play to the hotels because like they just they just had a sense of calm about it what extra entertainment did the hotels put on characters in the lobbies that all the kids could meet they um on a few of their tv channels they just played like loads of free disney movies the second day they said although there's not that much damage you're staying in your room till 12 we're gonna get um, a general clean-up, and then, you know, everything's open as usual, bar the parks. As soon as the curfew lifted, the pools were rammed. Like, you could tell the parents just wanted to get their kids, like, away for a bit. <laughs> One thing that Disney did was great, because on the Monday, we um, managed to get a fast pass for our flight of passage, the new ride in Pandora, and obviously we weren't um, able to go Animal Kingdom that day. And we ended up going on our last day on the Friday, the queue for that normally is like two, three hours. So we went to guest services and showed record of, oh, we had a fast pass, is there anything you can do? And it was like, yeah, and just gave us a fast pass any time for the whole day. Uh, we got a tiny bit distracted by a flight of passage for a while. Oh, it's my favourite ride in Orlando. Like all the smells and the wind and the, like all the trees, the ocean. Even though we got the fast pass, I definitely showed the fact that I'm a Disney nerd because the fast pass doesn't let you see the animatronic. <coughs> In the queue of Flight of Passage, there's a bizarre animatronic of an elongated humanoid Smurf man, a Navi, floating in a tank of liquid hooked up to some wires. I was like, oh, I wish I just queued up two hours just to see this one little bit in the queue. Josh, plug your podcast. So you can find the Smoking Lamb Movie Podcast. It's a weekly podcast where we do the latest reviews, we do a top five, we do debate sections, we talk about the news. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search for The Smoking Lamb. Um, and you can find us at our website, www.thesmokingland.com. And we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio and Blueberry. Just for, search for The Smoking Lamb. 
Thanks again to Josh for talking to us uh, about his experiences during Irma. Obviously, we don't want to make light of uh, these things because, you know, if there's a place to be during a hurricane, it is probably somewhere as controlled as a Disney park. Not everyone was so fortunate uh, as to be able to ha see it all as a bit of fun. Um, if you would like to make a donation to some of the hurricane relief funds, you can obviously give to the American Red Cross or Oxfam. And also there's a global giving page which we're going to tweet uh, which is raising, trying to raise $2 million for people affected by Hurricane Irma in both the US and the Caribbean. So we will tweet a link to that. Next up, Grand Avenue at Hollywood Studios has been exposed due to Irma. Yeah, so one of the things that happened as a result of Hurricane Irma is that a lot of these scrims uh, in Disney's Hollywood Studios came down. What is a scrim? <laughs> <laughs> well, a scrim is basically a kind of bit of netting material which is attached to sort of uh, steel fences which get put up when there's construction work. So they often make the scrims look like the building that they're doing How did work you know on. what a scrim was? It's just a word I knew. Is it? Yeah. Is this Disney knowledge? No. A scrim is a, is a... It happens in... We see it in London all the time. Really? Yeah. What, and it says scrim on the side? Well, I don't know, but it's just... The, <laughs> that is what the word is for that I've thing. never been exposed to that word, but well, I like it. It's well, yeah, satisfying. but you can picture it, though. They do this in the Disney parks a lot, where particularly on Main Street, if they're doing some painting or maintenance on a building, mm. they put uh, some, some, some netting in front of the building attached to the, the scaffolding around it that, that is a sort of facsimile of the building behind it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually to the casual eye, as you sort of gaze over a scene, it's, it's quite convincing. It can be quite it? convincing, yeah. But there's been a lot of these scrims up in and around Hollywood Studios because there's so much construction work going on there at the moment. And because of Hurricane Irma coming, they, they had to take all these scrims down because they would have just been sales. So as a result, we've been able to look at the new Grand Avenue area in Hollywood Studios. So what is Grand Avenue? Well, Grand Avenue is, an, is a Los Angeles-themed uh, open section and street scene, uh, which is basically inspired by the large office blocks and industrial buildings in and around downtown LA, which are now being repurposed uh, and used for cool things like startup companies and, and hipster coffee and stuff. Oh, right. So I assumed it was some kind of Hollywood LA thing. But if it's a bunch of... What? It's... It's, it's kind of... It's, it's like looking at modern day LA in a way. Is that a good thing then? Well, it's kind of interesting. It's like a new side to the Hollywood Studios thing rather than focusing on the uh, the golden age. Do you think so they're much. going more industrial because it leads into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge? Possibly. So possibly. That, so that there's a bit of a theme change as you walk through. Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's lots of talk at the moment about how they might do this. A lot of people are suggesting that one of the things they might do is actually have a tunnel from that area. Uh, because there's a very there's very famous road uh, tunnels, the very sort of uh, distinctive road tunnels that go uh, in in and amongst the mountains around LA. So that if you if you turned it into a tunnel, you'd feel like you were going very much out of that area through a kind of portal and ending up. So like in... London's beautiful Dartford Tunnel. For yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you have to pay a toll? Yeah, maybe you do. You yeah. have to you have to go online and pay a two pound fifty toll before midnight the next day if you want to go into Galaxy's Edge. I think uh, I think a tunnel is a good idea. I think so because then it means that you won't feel like you can see one thing uh, while walking into another because it is quite weird otherwise to go from a sort of Los Angeles street scene into a galaxy far, far away without much in the way of yeah. transition. Whereas a tunnel is like being birthed into the situation, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yes. 
And It'd think... be good if it, at the at the uh, entrance to Galaxy's Edge there was some kind of space portally type thing that you had to squeeze through. A, 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 a birthing space portal. Yeah, yeah, like an intergalactic womb uterine well... entrance. <laughs> well, if you think about it, what you could do with a tunnel is a thing similar to what they have in the Florida Space Mountain as you launch, which is sort of blue lights that rush from before you to behind you, yeah. making it look as if you are... Warp drive. Yeah, you're warping through space. <laughs> or, here's a brilliant idea. Yeah. Uh, how about uh, you come out the other end and you realise you'd been in the digestive tract of that big worm Oh, thing. yeah, the space worm. Yeah. The asteroid worm. Yeah, yeah. And you shoot out and... Uh, and uh, into, a, into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. And how Carrie, good is that? Carrie Fisher says, the cave is collapsing. And, ha- and uh, Harrison Ford says, this is no cave. Yeah, yeah. That on a constant oh, loop. Let's hope they're doing that. If they are doing that. And we've guessed it. Yeah. Then, uh... then five stars to us. <laughs> yeah. And it's more proof that we should be working <laughs> as we imaginators. Are, we are geniuses. Yeah. So one of the things that will be at Grand Avenue, uh, it's mostly a sort of shopping area uh, and street scene, but you will have the new, uh, the Baseline Tap House uh, is a new bar coming to Grand Avenue, uh, which serves an array of Californian craft ales and wines. It's basically a shrine to LA hipstification. Well, isn't we it? were really impressed though when we went to Disney World mm. uh, at how many ales they had. I mean, it That's didn't true, really actually. do anything for me, but I was still kind of impressed that that was on offer. Well, my dad is a real beer snob, and he is one of those people that will spend uh, hours and hours walking around on holiday, going from pub to pub, going, nope, they've only got lager, I'm not drinking here. So that he his tastes were well catered to in Disney. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't something impressive. I was expecting. Yeah, 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 because you do there is a stereotype that America only has sort of rubbish watered down lagers and things. Yeah. Instead of real beer. And that's a real outdated stereotype. It I is. Believe. I yeah. believe so. Yeah. So uh, www.blogmickey.com is a site that has some really good photos of this area. Yeah, yeah, they've taken some gorgeous photos of it when the scrims came down. It's worth having a look because I think it's going to be really nice actually. It opens up uh, that area of Hollywood Studios quite a lot because it's quite a confusing park to navigate your way around. Do you do you think? Oh, they all confuse me. If you've got no sense of direction, then, you know, it's it's tough. <laughs> I think the layout of that park is particularly weird because it, it doesn't... It, it's a strange shape because it was originally intended to be a working film studio and that as it opened, when it first opened, it was a working film studio and so only a small section of the park was actually somewhere that the public could, could walk around. It was originally intended to be a kind of a half-day park. Yeah, but yeah. now that it it isn't that anymore, you've got the kind of remnants of the way it used to be laid out and they've turned the old studios into show buildings. So some of the layout of that park is quite strange. So adding this is going to make a kind of a bit of a Main Street type area. Yeah, which could I already well. love Hollywood Studios. It's so great. I'm, I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be really good. Although uh, also another thing at Hollywood Studios, uh, the Slinky Dog Dash Ride vehicles are being tested. At yeah, the moment, yeah, that's right. Right, now. right yeah. this minute. Right this very second. And it's going to be a really long ride, isn't it? Yeah, I've heard. Uh, I heard on the DSNY newscast uh, that the ride was going to be between three thousand and three thousand six hundred feet long, which is very long for a roller coaster. Yeah, I. I. That's another thing I love about uh, the rides. There, they take a long time. You yeah. can really relax into them, and because you know, sometimes when you go to theme parks, especially in the UK. Uh, you queue up for quite a while, and then it feels like it, you blink and you miss it. They're over in a flash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you're still on a kind of... you still got that adrenaline kick, but I actually like to get past that initial adrenaline kick yeah, into what, a more and, and relaxed sort of, state. Yeah, it, well, on a roller coaster, you want to sort of sail for a bit and, and relax into it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it looks like the structure of the Slinky Dog Dash is uh, a very kind of flat 
low-lying roller coaster um, that covers a huge amount of ground. So it's not going to be there's no inversions. It's not going to be particularly kind of up and down, but it's going to be quite a long scenic ride in an, in among Andy's garden, surrounded by all his toys, and around the outside of it, they've built they're going, they're building huge garden fences. So you won't be able to see the other parts of the park because there's going to be sort of four-story garden fences. So it's got a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids style feel. Yeah, very much, very much. Very cool. I think it should be Okay, on to the next news item. Yes. So Bob Iger, Disney CEO, he's recently toured Disneyland Paris. Yeah, we're going across the Atlantic now to talk briefly about Disneyland Paris. Now this is a very rare visit to the park by uh, uh, Bob Iger. He very is very normally quite distant from uh, Euro Disney and the and the. Uh, There's a reason that. for that, though, isn't there? Yeah, because basically, when I'm sure we've talked about this before, but when Disneyland Paris or Euro Disney, as it was when it first opened, uh, was was all uh, sort of confirmed, the French government insisted that they would have to have the, the major stake in the business. So for a long time, Disney was not the major shareholder in Euro Disney. I wonder Disney if they're, they're the reason that there's very little Beauty and the Beast stuff in oh, the park. Oh, could be. And they went, we are not having this. Yeah, yeah, possibly. <laughs> but then, I mean, but Disneyland Paris opened in the same year as Beauty and the Beast came out. Yeah, and yet there's barely any evidence of it in the park, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Which is really odd, because obviously it's uh, set in France. It's so very it? French. So I wouldn't be surprised if there might have been a little bit of uh, like you think this is a French you think movie. You can come here and do French. We know France, and that is not it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But this comes at an interesting time because uh, as of June 2017, the Walt Disney Company, who have been sort of frantically trying to buy back uh, their own shares in the company since it opened, have finally acquired uh, 95% of the shares and have become basically the sole shareholder of Euro Disney, which is the, the sort of parent company of that park. So they can now start making some changes, really. Ah, so, so which attractions to remove or re-theme? Yeah, yeah. And so, so probably, well, presumably, we hope, uh, Bob Iger was there looking around the park thinking what can we do next what what things can we can we add and change so he was photographed in frontierland yeah right next to phantom manor yeah now this is it that's interesting because frontierland at the moment has almost no uh intellectual property so you know links what is in what is what uh, but what significance does that have well so intellectual Property means... Intellectual. <laughs> I said that like a very intellectual person. <laughs> intellectual Too many syllables. Yeah. Intellectual property basically in, in real terms means characters uh, and film theming and overlays. So instead of Maelstrom, you have Frozen, for instance. And at the moment, uh, there's a lot less of that in the Paris park than there is in the other parks. Yeah, because Frontierland, actually, it could be anywhere, really, couldn't it? Yeah. Because uh, there's, it's it's mainly Cowboy Town. Yeah. Uh, so and then you've got Phantom Manor. It's two main attractions are Big Thunder Mountain and Phantom Manor. Yeah. And they are, they're not linked to any Disney film or, or recognisable Disney characters. Yeah, and the Cowboy Land, it really could be a theme park pretty much anywhere. I mean, it's great. It's, it's gorgeous. I love it. And it's, yeah. got a sh- it's got shooting galleries and things though, which yeah. is odd. Because so, that feels very much like a, a carnival or something. Yeah, there's a couple of bits of it which very which great. you sort of feel like they are ripe for redevelopment, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I, I love it, actually. I love, I love it. I love the kind of tone change between all the fairy princess yeah. stuff. 
And then, yeah, the hard I mean, bit, I, well, you know, sort of uh, cartoonish, hard-bitten cowboy land. Yeah, I have slightly mixed feelings about it because on the one hand, it's great to see, you know, Disney will be investing more attention and money into the Paris parks. But on the other hand, that does mean that we're probably going to lose some classic attractions yeah. as we know them. But they're not going to get rid of Big Thunder Mountain. I doubt it. So what they'll probably do is uh, do something to the cowboy section that... Uh, links up to a Disney film. Yeah, because what you have at the at the sort of the the far end of Frontierland in Paris is the Pocahontas Indian Village, which is basically just a playground. Yeah, with uh, some slightly dodgy sort of uh, waxwork sort of looking things, aren't they? That you can see from the train as you go around. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, they're not dodgy looking, but they are just not particularly Disney. Well, they're not. They don't move. They're they're just sort of they're kind of vignettes, aren't they? Yeah, sort of Wild West vignettes, uh, and it's a little bit, it's a little bit sort of hokey, hokey for for uh, for a park like a Disney park. Yeah, you think no, they I could do like better? It. I don't know. I'm torn between liking it and thinking eh, it doesn't really fit. Well, the thing is, like, we may have affection for it, but it's not actually that good, is it? Some of the the the, the more hokey elements. So of let's go into the world of speculation. What might they do? What films might they link it well, with? I mean, for a start, the, so the, currently the only two kind of intellectual property things they have in that park are the Pocahontas Indian Village, which you would never know had any connection to Pocahontas whatsoever. No, there's no actual, well, Pocahontas isn't there. Pocahontas doesn't feature in it in any way. So it's basically, I think it was built as Indian Village. And then subsequently it became uh, Pocahontas Indian yeah, Village. Yeah, yeah. And you can also do a meet and greet with Woody. Ah, so Woody, maybe his his role in the whole thing is going to be expanded. His role could be increased. But yeah. then obviously that's a very uh, deliberately plastic looking world. Yeah. Whereas the Frontierland world is Which very is, kind of like sawdust and grits. It's a, it is at odds <laughs> with uh, uh, with the, the theming of the park. I tell you something which, I don't know, this is very unlikely to happen because I think it was an enormous uh, investment in California. But what would fit with that landscape would actually be Cars Land. Oh, yeah, but again, a very plastic-looking uh, well, property. Yeah, but it's it's kind of not, though. It's kind of naturalistic. It's modern day, but it's naturalistic. Uh, you can't have one of those cars figures, though, in in uh, in the midst of what is there at it the It would have to be a new land that transitioned out of Frontierland into Radiator is, Springs. Is Rango... That's- no, Rango no. is uh, <laughs> Rango is not Disney. <laughs> Although it was directed by Gore Verbinski, who right. directed uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, Rango is very good. I would love to have a Rango theme park. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, it's oh, not Disney. What a shame. Disney. Yeah, oh, I well. love Rango. Yeah. Well, maybe they're just going to have to release a new film that's uh, got more of a cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> However, this is this is very interesting to see Bob Iger there because I've I've never seen him express any interest whatsoever in the Paris park before, really. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is a, could be a turning point. Ah, exciting. Exciting. Uh, so also Disneyland Paris news uh, up next. Disneyland Paris weddings were yeah. never a thing. They were never a thing before, were Yeah, they? yeah. But as of a few months ago, we only just found out, you can now sort of get married in Disneyland Paris. For a million euros! It's, it's so <laughs> expensive. So we had a look at this. It's not very easy to find the information uh, on the on because it's not Paris. The Paris Park is not currently listed on the Disney Fairy Tales Weddings uh, website, which is a separate website. Yeah, and so, it's, uh, this feels like the most begrudging uh, <laughs> it, new it really edition 
ever. Yeah. Because it's not actually... You can't actually get married there. No. It's a symbolic ceremony. So French law dictates that you have to... Be resident. Yeah, you have to be resident of France for 30 days from what they call the calling of the band. Well, you have to kind of pretend to actually be a resident. Yeah. Which means, and the way to do that is to uh, be in Paris for at least... Or France, rather, for at least 30 days. So you have to live in France for 30 days. Pretending you're going to live there indefinitely. Indefinitely. Then you have to... Uh, and you and on the start of that 30 days, you have to publicly announce that you are going to get married so that anyone presumably can object. Is that right? Yeah, well, that's the traditional calling of the bands okay. thing. Okay, I've never and, heard that phrase, calling and of the bands. You, you have to have a ceremony at the town hall. Right. That, that is unavoidable. You can have a religious ceremony afterwards if you want, but you have to get married at the town hall. So that's that's how the French do it. There's yeah, no... yeah, yeah, apparently so. Which means that um, you can then go from the town hall to Disneyland, Paris. Yeah. But obviously you've already had the ceremony at the town hall, which kind of takes away from the whole Disneyland Paris thing. So it's it? meaningless, right? It's just purely symbolic. Yeah, yeah, and and the prices are obscene. But yeah, because it's purely symbolic, it must be really cheap, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. not quite. Not quite. No. So where can you get married in um, Disneyland Paris? You so say the locations are Newport Bay Club. Which so there's only is three options for a start. Yeah, because there's just not that much around yeah. the Paris Park. It's just not big enough. It's really. not very big, but you'd think they could come up with more than three options. Yeah. So the, uh, the cheapest one is Newport Bay Club, which I'm surprised at because it's it's a very nice hotel. But I say it's cheapest. Nice. It's still outrageous so the Newport Bay Club <laughs> is similar to the Beach Club in Florida it's uh, a kind of slightly boardwalk type uh, environment isn't it next to the lake yeah it's got a kind of uh, moneyed old American feel to yeah it. that's right yeah and uh, for the bargain price of uh, starting at 32,000 euros you can 32, get married 000. you can get a symbolic ceremony at Newport Bay Club like uh, you, we would have been hard put to get to 32,000 our, our wedding package cost five and a half grand yeah. in dollars. And, and euros are more than dollars. And it was great. And it was great. And, you know, guaranteed good weather in Florida. I mean, it yeah. might rain, but it's only going to rain for half an hour and then it's going to be gorgeous sunshine again. Yeah. Oh, okay, you might get a hurricane, but that's uh, very, <laughs> well, there is a very unlikely. Time. Whereas, you know, Paris, God, I mean, Europe, if you get married in Europe, you, you kind of can't guarantee any decent no, weather. No, no. So what else? Where else can you get married? So uh, getting more expensive now, Disneyland yeah. Hotel. So yeah. this is the hotel that, as you uh, enter the park, you actually have to go under it. That's the pink hotel, the big signature Disneyland Paris hotel. Yeah, yeah, it? which we've discussed before. It's uh, very um, well. It's sort of princessy, but it's sort of more like uh, princessy grandmother. Yeah, it's very grannyfied. It, it's, it's very doilies and it's very Barbara Cartland. Uh, and we'll put a coaster under that. That's, yeah, yeah, that's what it feels like. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that's forty-four thousand euros. Forty-four and, grand. And this is what it starts at. Is if you want like. Extras, so like feeding your guests, I presume. <laughs> Presumably, well, it's there was a, there was a clause on the on the uh, the very small uh, section of the Disneyland Paris website that is dedicated to these new wedding packages that said something like, "We can also offer uh, additional features such as musicians, photography, floral stuff uh, for an additional charge." Well, so it looks anything as though that makes it feel like a wedding. A basically. wedding. So it looks as though these exorbitant prices actually don't include the things that you get in the extremely reasonable wedding packages that you but will find I, in Florida. I don't understand what they do include, then. Yeah, what do they include? What, your uh, permission to wear a wedding dress, is that what it is? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, the final one is the Castle Courtyard. Yeah. And if it's anything like the uh, Florida and the California parks, it'll have to be before or after the park closes. Right. And to get symbolically married in the Castle Courtyard in... Uh, 
Paris is 55,000 euros. I mean... Uh, yeah. It The mind boggles as to who would pay that. Yeah. Uh, you worked in the wedding industry as well, didn't you? I did, yes. And for so... three and a half very successful months. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel that these are a, a representative... Uh, amount of money to pay for a wedding by normal wedding standards? Uh, no, 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 no. This is way more expensive than your average wedding. Because you worked and... at quite a high-end wedding venue, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And uh, no, this is uh, crazy money. And it right. just feels like uh, they're deliberately trying to put people off. But then on, in that case, why offer it in the first place? It's a strange decision. The, there, there, There isn't really an order form or a, a kind of an online thing that you can go through in the same way that you can for the American parks. But there is a, a, an email address for more information. Really? So I think we're going to send an email to them posing as a... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I want to see how much couple. they try and put us off. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Uh, well, we're going to basically go through the motions with them and try and find a bit more about the wedding packages at Disneyland Paris because I'm very interested in this. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's, it just seems weird. It's seriously Also, weird. if you are going to get married in the city of love... Mm. Uh, are you really going to go to Marne-le-Vallée, uh, which is where the park is? Yeah. And Marne-le-Vallée does not have any character whatsoever. No, it's pretty pretty, pretty dull. It feels like farmland. In fact, I think it was, wasn't it? It is farmland. The farmers uh, around there were very, very angry uh, when the supposedly cultural Chernobyl of Disneyland Paris, which is what the French French right-wing press called it, uh, was was going to be built in amongst their farmlands. There was a lot of pitchforks and so on. I feel like quite a lot of uh, France was very angry it was being built there. In many ways, it was a terrible decision because I think probably... Because uh, so many people have said if it was in Spain, it would have been a lot better. Why is that then? Well, because uh, the weather is slightly more reliable. Uh, it's just as accessible to a lot of Europeans... Um, and, and, and yeah, and actually, it's, uh, I think Spain is generally a bit cheaper. Uh, yeah, it? it's a bit cheaper. And I think the Spanish attitude would be a bit different to the French. They're not quite so proud. <laughs> I think we're getting into dodgy territory. Yeah, here. yeah. But I mean, obviously, we're doing... This is extremely broad strokes and not to be taken literally. But, you know, it, it, possibly they'd have less meddling from the Spanish government yeah. than they would have done from the French Although, government. Although, maybe they would have bid for it a bit more um, uh, vigorously if they'd really wanted it. Yeah, possibly. Maybe, actually, just everyone would have complained. Yeah. We don't want this here. I think possibly only California and Florida would be yeah, the Yeah, I wish places. they'd brought it to the UK, but our weather is just... Oh, yeah. can you imagine? Yeah. Uh, what, and Brexit now? The place oh, would close. Yeah. It wouldn't survive. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> right, we want to talk about Hong Kong Disneyland. Yeah. Because, okay, so first off, um, we're getting loads of uh, listeners from Hong Kong. We're getting an enormous number of downloads from Hong Kong and we don't really know why. So if you're listening in Hong Kong... Uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And please, please email us and talk to us. We really want to know who you are. And, and uh... yeah, yeah, we want to communicate. We uh, so tell us what what you want us to talk about. And yeah, because yeah, we're yeah. really excited that we have such a a large amount of people listening in Hong Kong. Yeah, it's been literally thousands and thousands in the last few weeks. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and we can't quite figure out where they're coming from. Yeah. We've never been to Hong Kong Disneyland. We'd love to. Yeah, yeah. I've been to Hong Kong. I, I used to live in Southeast Asia as a kid. Uh, yeah. In uh, Brunei and Singapore. So we're probably going to do a trip at some point very soon. Aren't yeah, we? yeah, definitely. Uh, back to the homeland. Back to That's the homeland. what it feels like for me. Yeah. So, so do do yeah. get in touch if you're in Hong Kong. Really, really interested. But also, of course, that that means we're we're focusing quite a lot on Hong Kong um, out of curiosity. Yeah. And although. We're interested anyway, obviously. Uh, and they've got a really, really interesting Halloween experience. Yeah, this is only the second time uh, that Disney has done this in any of their parks. But uh, in Hong Kong Disneyland, they have a thing currently on 
uh, called Maze of Madness. The Nightmare Experiment Continues. This is the, obviously the sequel to the 2016 attraction called uh, Maze of Madness. We've put a promotional video from Hong Kong Disneyland about the Maze of Madness on our Twitter account, haven't yeah. we? And you really should check it out because it's genuinely terrifying. It's totally un-Disney-like. It looks very much like something they do at Universal. Yeah, or, yeah. Or apart from, park. I'd say it's creepier because they've taken uh, uh, figures that we know and that are very innocent and they've given them that um, diabolical creepy, twist. Yeah, creepy overlay. So in this attraction, uh, you will meet characters from Alice in Wonderland. So that's kind of more focusing on the, the recent Tim Burton uh, films, isn't it? Mm. Uh, also, uh, Monsters, Inc., Hercules and Beauty and the Beast. These are characters that you will meet in the attraction. However, they're not... And uh, Pinocchio, and, don't forget Pinocchio. And Pinocchio. Because but, that's in the video, and yeah. oh, oh boy, yeah. oh boy, oh boy, <laughs> does that look But they, yeah, these characters are not how you expect to see them in Disney parks. The Pinocchio character that you see in that video is horrifying. Yeah, and I would argue that's scarier than uh, going into a Halloween maze and seeing... Uh, Jason from uh, what's his face? Yeah, you know. what, Freddy and Jason. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you expect uh, Freddy Krueger to be terrifying. Obviously, yeah. you do not expect Pinocchio to be that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a bit like when they take uh, when they put children in horror movies yeah. because there's there's supposed to be innocence. It's a corrupted innocence. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. So the Pinocchio, the the character playing Pinocchio in this uh, in this scare maze attraction, it's it's like a kind of it. Look, he looks like he's genuinely made of wood for a start, and he's chained up. Like a sideshow attraction, and that is apparently how he is in the in the in the thing. Well, no, it's like it's like in the film. Remember when he gets roped into that stage show, and they yeah. give him strings. Yeah, and then he, uh, he then sings, he gets rid of the strings, and we go, no "I got no strings to hold yeah, me down." Yeah, and you can hear a really distorted version of that. Yeah, and he's he, but this one uh, in the the maze of madness, he's mm. straining to reach you. So uh, the only thing keeping him back are his strings. Yeah, but he's not got strings. He's got chains in this. Uh. He's kind of chained up and it, it looks, it's very, very kind of American horror story carnival type yeah, yeah. Uh, looking thing. So uh, we're really intrigued by this. This is very, very out of character for Disney. Yeah, it's running until October the 31st, obviously. Yeah. And we'd love to see it, but unfortunately, I don't, well, we I just... don't think we're not going to get there by Halloween this year. No. So please <laughs> keep this running for next year or the year after. Yeah. So if you are in the Hong Kong area and you'd want to see Disney doing something really scary, you have until Halloween to go to Hong Kong. Kong Disneyland and check out the Maze of Madness and tell us what it's like, please. Yeah, Get in please touch do. And tell us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, we should quickly talk about. Uh, we had a. Well, this is a follow-up to uh, last week's episode where we talked about dining plans. So, uh, Mike Pinfold. Hello, Mike. Oh, he yes. is a, a, a listener, and he he is the one who told us that he and his, he and family, his family, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He and his family saved three thousand dollars. Uh, by using the free dining plan that, that Disney provided with his booking in Florida uh, uh, in 2015. And he sent us this email. Do you want to read the email? Um, yeah. Have you got but, it there? No, I don't think I have Okay, I've got it here. Right. So breakfast, he says, Breakfast at Be Our Guest is a quick service credit and really good. The open sandwich is delicious. So we were talking about uh, the Be Our Guest restaurant and the fact that you can go for breakfast if you can't get a uh, reservation for dinner. He also said... We always struggle to use our quick service credits, as like you say, it's so much food. So we use them for the odd lunch and breakfast. You can also convert one quick service credit into three snack credits, which we did a lot for drinks and ice creams. At the end of the holiday, whatever quick service credits we had, we used them all up on snacks, buying sweets and treats to bring home as gifts. 
we double up our table service credits to visit the signature restaurants and really recommend the California Grill. So that's amazing, because that means you can go to some of the best restaurants there, the really yeah. expensive ones, using uh, the free dining plan. Because that, yes, because the way the Disney website lays it all out, it looks as though there are, it's very strict. It looks as though that if you go for the quick service dining plan, you can only have two quick service meals in these places and that's it and there's no negotiation but it, from what Mike is saying it does seem that they're a lot more flexible and that you can actually sort of combine them and roll them over yeah. into different experiences so I think we misrepresented the dining plan yeah. in uh, our restaurants I think we um, can podcast I think what we can do though is stand by what we said which is that if you have to pay for it it's possibly no better than if you were just uh, paying yeah, for things separate. you know as you go along yeah. however if they give that to you for free then you that is that is astonishingly good yeah yeah it's really flexible that's it's great like un- unbelievably good far better than i would ever expect disney to do yeah so, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, they're, they're running uh, the uh, free dining plan for 2018. We're yeah. not going to make it to that either, are we? No, I don't think so. But if you book sort of now for uh, any time between, I think, June and October uh, 2018, they will throw in the, the free dining plan. Yeah. So that's that's really good. And I, I bet uh, the reason for that is, uh, as we were saying to Josh, there's going to be a, a dip in the number of visitors in 2018 because it's for, it is before Toy Story Land opens and before Galaxy's Edge opens. So I think they're probably going to try and coax people into the parks. Uh, Do you think it's in response to Trump as well? Because um, visits to America are down, aren't they? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, tourism to America has taken an enormous hit as a result of Trump. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So it could be... I mean, that's actually probably uh, like 60% of the reason why we're... Not going to take advantage of the 2018 dining plan. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, we don't really want to go to America while Trump is in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But possibly that could have something to do with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So our, our, our sights are firmly fixed on Asia now, On aren't Asia, they? yeah, for sure. Anyway, so talking of food, yes. we had a Disney dinner party the other day. I don't know if this is hot Disney news. It's probably not hot <laughs> Disney news. However, it, what we should uh, re- uh, re- relay to you is that we tried, for our main course, we we cooked a meal from Club 33. Oh, yeah. We, and if you don't know what Club 33 is, it's an exclusive members-only club. Uh, originally, it was only in the Disneyland Park, It was, uh, but uh, they now have locations in Magic Kingdom in Florida and also Tokyo Disneyland. And aren't they opening up four new ones? Yes. Yes, you read that just this morning, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Where? So <laughs> I, think, I can't remember. I think they're going to they're gonna open in all of the Florida parks. There's going to be one in each Florida park. Right. Which is quite a lot of exclusive members-only clubs, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, do yeah. they have enough? They must have enough members then. Well, they must do. But it's not cheap. <laughs> so if, if you want to become a member of Club 33, you have to pay a $50,000 initiation oh fee. Oh, my God. You can get married at the Castle Courtyard in Disneyland yeah. Paris for Almost. That. Almost. Oh, yeah. oh, no, no, you can't, not actually. Quite. No, you can't. No. And then after your initiation <laughs> fee, you have to pay $15,000 a year just to be Whoa. part of Club 33. <laughs> That's insane. That is insane. I don't know what other perks you get from that. I think you basically get treated like royalty that, that means that unless you go into all of these clubs and they're always empty but yeah. if they're opening four in florida yeah, yeah how yeah. many people are paying fifteen thousand dollars a year plus the fifty thousand dollar registration yeah fee? who knows that's incredible who knows that, that's probably quite a few people probably enough for it to be worth them doing i guess wow however so that means for the likes the of you and i yeah, who anyway. knows it's like an eyes wide shut orgy in there disney orgy 
But uh, for the likes of you and I... Character dining Disney orgy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, sorry, go on. So for, for average Joes like us, you can't go in to uh, Club 33 and you can't try the truffled macaroni and cheese with shallots, mushrooms, white wine, chicken stock, truffle oil, and shaved black truffle. Well, you can try it, but you have to do it in the privacy of your own home. Now, I don't think that... I have even eaten truffles before, let alone try to cook with them. No, me neither. So this was a very new experience. Apart from when we were playing as Link <laughs> it, in, what, in Zelda. In Zelda Breath we've of had, the Wind. We've had quite a few truffles. Yeah, we have. And they're very good at replenishing your hearts. Little pro tip for <laughs> Zelda there. Uh, but we ventured to Waitrose and we found uh, a single black truffle in a tiny jar, which cost us eight pounds. No, no, two truffles. Two truffles. Yeah. Oh yeah, two truffles. Yeah, totally worth it. A steal. <laughs> Actually, they were very nice. They were yeah, very nice. I, uh, Who yeah, knew we, truffles are delicious? We really recommend the truffled macaroni and cheese. Yeah, you uh, can find this recipe on a website called uh, magicalrecipes.net, and it's a really good resource for Disney recipes. Uh, because you can the the way the website is laid out, you can choose them by location, by theme, and by cuisine. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I just smacked my lips unintentionally, oh, no. so there there was a weird sound on the recording, there. which is you salivating at the idea <laughs> yeah. of truffles. Yeah, didn't jump. Like, just like, like <laughs> some some kind of gluttonous king, <laughs> like a truffle. Truffle. Pig. <laughs> yeah, but right. it's very nice. So I thoroughly recommend making that meal for yourself and if then, you can stretch uh, to the truffles. And then our our good friends who joined us uh, yes, for Cat the dinner party. Uh, they brought with us, uh, with them rather, a Hana bread pudding. Oh my god! A God's... very popular dessert from uh, the restaurant in the Polynesian resort. Ohana. Ohana. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's it. That's, <laughs> that's the, the name of the restaurant. And my god, that was delicious. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, oh. I don't know where they got that particular recipe, but I'm sure it's also on uh, MagicalRecipes.net. There's a really good food blog, uh, a Disney. Uh, food oh yes, blog. Disney food blog is called. Oh, is it? <laughs> yes, yeah, that's yeah. what it's called. Yeah, that's an excellent uh, resource. For food they're, they're a huge website, aren't they? They seem to have loads of people working for them. Yeah, yeah, and it's really well laid out and well written, and they really keep on top of what's going on as well. So they have great uh, write-ups of all the, the different restaurants, uh, lists of their best and worst, uh, particular pro tips and news and such coming to uh, the Disney parks. So if you're interested food. in food, yeah, those are very good. Yeah, resources. go and check them out. Yeah, and do make the Ahana bread pudding at home. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I could thoroughly nice. recommend having a go at some of this stuff yourself because it's not that hard. We didn't find those that particularly hard, and it was delish. Yeah, the macaroni cheese. Was We're also going to have a go at making some Dole Whip, which is supposedly very simple, but a lot of people have lots of different ideas about how best to make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to try making it, and we're going to try putting rum in it because we reckon that will improve it. And we'll report back on that as well. Yeah. And I think that's pretty much it. It certainly is. It certainly is. Join thank us you. next time. Thank you for listening. Uh, uh, hello to all our, our the buddies that we've been talking with online now, our new friends. Yeah, our new friends. Uh, and uh, uh, if you're in Hong Kong listening to this, please do write to us. Yeah, please do. Please what, do. Email where can us. they find us? So you can email us uh, on adultsdodisney at gmail.com and you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at adultsdodisney. Yeah. Yeah. Bye 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 now. Bye bye. Bye bye now. Bye.